one set. Rolling. Action. Action. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Uncut. And welcome back to another movie review. Ooh. Today we have once again our special guest, James. Hey, what's up? And then I'm Sebastian. And, and I'm Caitlin. Welcome back. And today's movie is a movie that we saw a couple, like a month ago or so. We actually saw it on Netflix. And it's the sequel to Knives Out Mystery, Glass Onion. Yeah, so this was originally um, released in theaters um, on September 10th, uh, but for one reason or another, we decided to not actually go watch it in the movies, <laughs> so we watched it on Netflix. It's still on Netflix if you want to take a watch to it as well, um, but yeah, it was directed by Ryan Johnson, who um, was obviously the original director on Knives Out Again. Um, this is a sequel, so if you have not seen Knives Out, I would recommend going to watch it. The story doesn't necessarily continue from the first one, but I think it's a, a nice introduction yeah. to our detective, Benoit Blanc. Benoit. So if you want a really nice introduction to him, go watch the first movie, Knives Out, and then go watch this one. It's kind of like the same situation with the Orin, Orin Express that has one oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. detective. That, like, one detective. The detective, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yep. I mean, so. I think this movie was really well done. Yeah. Just to begin with. Mm -hmm. I definitely liked it. Um, we have Daniel Craig returning as our detective. We have Madeline Klein, who plays Whiskey, Kate Hudson, um, Jessica Henwick. Um, we have Edward Norton, Catherine Hahn, Janelle Monet, a bunch of um, celebrities. And there's more in there that I didn't yeah. include. Um, so it's a very celebrity driven cast. Yeah, for sure. As was the first one. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so a quick little summary about what this movie was about. Um, <laughs> Keep going. That's fine. <laughs> James takes his mic out. I was trying to adjust my mic and it has now, it fell out of its case. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it goes on, this is from IMDb, a little plot summary here. Having planned out an elaborate murder mystery game down to the latest detail, visionary New York City tech billionaire Miles Braun invites his close friends to his private slice of paradise in the agent for the weekend. And as a mysterious invitation jolts debonair investigator Benoit Blanc into action, the inquisitive master detective sets foot on the sun-kissed Greek isle to rub shoulders with the reclusive host's backstabbing supporters. Because, just like in Knives Out, everyone has a skeleton in the closet. But in Blanc's eyes, the solution is in plain sight. The question is, can he find the crucial last piece of information before warm, bright red blood stains bronze idyllic sanctuary i mean did you write that or is that the synopsis from okay got it i was like that was way too elegant i know <laughs> uh, th this is an interesting movie because i think the first one i was a little bit more i, I saw coming what was going to happen in the end kind of thing mm -hmm. even though it did keep me on my toes for sure but this one i was like i actually i'm not sure who did it i'm not sure what's right. actually going on mm -hmm. so this one was a little bit more sideways going and it was just m really interesting how the detective took it to like different places right. and actually playing mind games with the rest of the people mm -hmm. and with the audience in general i mean it's like when i watched uh, sherlock and uh, one thing that i loved about sherlock is just like the different things that they come up with mm -hmm. to solve these cases and the cases themselves how they're so intricate yeah it's really interesting to see someone unravel all of that all of those knots that are created because 
I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. What do you think, James? I personally thought that the the characters in the first Knives Out were a little bit more fleshed out than mm. the ones in this sequel. Yeah. A lot of the uh, characters in in Glass Onion felt very one sided. Like they they had one particular quirk about them, and that was what they ran with the whole right. film. I will say though, the actual like momentum of the mystery, like you were just saying, was a lot cleaner and a mm-hmm. lot smoother and a lot less like, oh, okay, well I know what's going on. Like right. th- this had a lot of those like little breadcrumb traps <laughs> mm-hmm. that like set up throughout the whole film just to pay off right at the end, which right. Ryan Johnson does a really good job at. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I agree with what you said about them. Like they have a personality and they go with it. It's yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. the stereotypical personality for, for a certain um, job mm-hmm. per mm-hmm. se. Um, but yeah, I also agree that it was a little bit more fleshed out in the sense of like the story time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was also so interesting that it took, plays in a remote island that that mm-hmm. in itself was really cool i did really like that and i i did the one character that i felt like was very fleshed out that i enjoyed was edward norton's character the the billionaire yeah um he got he finally got to be the complete dick he is in real life <laughs> on film <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like it so yeah. right. well he's he's one of the most notorious actors in hollywood nobody likes to work with him it's really? the re- it's the reason that huh. you don't see him in pretty much anything anymore um he wow. has a, a very fun tendency of um, rewriting scripts hmm. uh, unbeknownst to the director and then demanding that his changes get implemented. Interesting. <laughs> uh, it's it one of the reasons. Like this in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the reasons that he got recast in the MCU because he was Hulk originally. <laughs> oh, um, true. I remember and that. And then um, when the Avengers movie was coming up, Disney really wanted Joss Whedon to direct it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like their top choice, but mm-hmm. Joss Whedon refused to work with Edward Norton. So right. he said, I will not direct this film unless we recast the mm-hmm. Hulk. And they're like, well, okay, we care more about you than we do him. So he was on a right <laughs> Hulk. Yeah. His Hulk wasn't all that interesting. Yeah. I mean, but that's a whole side tangent, but I yeah, do feel yeah. like he did really well in this film. He's on a good the, actor. Yeah. <laughs> on the flip side, I think I'm really happy seeing Batista being more films. Yeah. yeah. And it was kind of taking a jab at The Rock, what he said the other day, but he was saying how he wants to be part of more serious stuff, in which which is mm-hmm. why he's retiring from uh, his role as Drax in yeah. the MCU. Uh, so I'm really happy to see him uh, branch out and do stuff like this and stuff like uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. And I'm really hoping to um, uh, knock at the cabin. Knock at the cabin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'm really hoping to see him as Kratos. Oh, I know amazing. a lot of fans well, want that. That's a, a whole discussion. Yeah, that's a whole other episode <laughs> yeah. we could maybe have uh, uh, talking about video game Because I do like the guy that plays him in the I can com- I can come back for a fifth time <laughs> <laughs> to talk video game adaptations. But regardless. <laughs> yeah, I think I really enjoyed how about halfway through, you're like, okay, I think I know what's happened, but there's still half a mm-hmm. film left. So what's supposed to happen? And then you get that <laughs> extreme flashback yep. back to the past where everything starts mm-hmm. to make more sense and little like character behavior makes more sense as well. So I really like that. I think Janelle Monae did a great job. Oh, she absolutely um, did. Absolutely killed it, especially when we get to the points where we already saw certain sequences play out. 
but we now know what was actually going through mm-hmm. her head. Yeah. We know what was actually happening. We see scenes actually like extended to so where they make more sense. And I thought that was really well done. I really like the writing on this a lot. Um, and it just felt like, like, oh, wait, I thought that happened, but now this flashback mm-hmm. is telling me that I mm-hmm. saw it mm-hmm. differently than how it was actually that was in really life. Interesting. And I thought that was really well done. Because he was uh, mm-hmm. like maybe like a 15, 20 minute tangent that they took to show yep. the past. And but then it we came back to so yeah. So much it like make it make the present make more sense. Mm. And that was uh, that was something that I think was super unique with this. I don't recall any other mysteries that add in that sort of flashback that makes everything kind of come together mm. in that way. I think the first movie the reason why people saw it coming was because it was just us trying to figure out what mm-hmm. happened all the way through mm-hmm. without as much yeah. context or as much like oh I wonder what happened here like the the villain made made more sense and was kind of a little bit more obvious but this one I genuinely didn't know what was happening because everybody was so weird um, mm. and I think that ways. also helps yeah. because the detective was in on it for yep. part of like they were trying mm-hmm. to discover what happened Which by making a, a different spoiler, secret. <laughs> well, that's fine. If you're watching, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It has been out for a few months now, so if you haven't Netflix, already, so. th- that's your fault. Yeah. yeah. So let's get into some official um, paid reviews, I guess you can say. So I have three different <laughs> reviews here. Paid. They paid. probably got paid to make these reviews. I didn't pay him. Well, not from us, definitely. So this first one's from Roger Ebert. I always use his reviews. I think he gave us like a three out of five. Hmm. Um, so his review goes to say, The clever details, amusing name drops, and precisely pointed digs at vapid celebrity culture keeps Johnson's movie zippy when it threatens to drag. In his in following up his 2019 smash hit, Knives Out, the writer-director has expanded his storytelling scope in every way. Everything is bigger, flashier, and twistier. The running time is longer, as is the time frame the narrative covers, but that doesn't necessarily make Glass Onion better. A wildly entertaining beginning gives way to a saggy midsection as Johnson's mystery doubles back on itself to reveal more details about these characters we thought we'd come to know. The result feels repetitive. The percolating tension that existed within the classy confines of the first Knives Out is lessened here against the sprawling, sun-dappled splendor of an (laughs) over-the-top private Greek island. (laughs) And it would be tough for Johnson to, to top his original film, which was so smart and singular, hilarious, but also legitimately suspenseful. His characters felt richer, no pun intended, the first time around, <laughs> and his ensemble cast had more to do across the board. Glass Onion offers some meaty and meaningful performances, particularly from Janae, Janelle Monet, Kate Hudson, and Daniel Craig, once again doing his best foghorn leghorn impression uh, as the <laughs> intrepid detective um, Daniel Benoit Craig Blanc. does rule. As exactly. Yeah, does. This is one of the best roles he's ever and the done. the accent. Yeah. And several of his high-profile cameos are a giddy delight, but multi-talented actors capable of daring, exciting work, such as Leslie Odom Jr. and Katherine Hahn, frustratingly go to waste in underdeveloped supporting parts. Not yeah, everyone ca- can be a main kind, That's kind of what I was actually just saying, mm-hmm. that, you know, the, fir- the cast of the first movie felt like they had a lot more to yeah. them. Right. This one, I agree, I, I agree with him. A couple of <laughs> really big celebrity names were kind of wasted <laughs> yeah. in these one-dimensional si- one characters. Mm-hmm. And although I do agree that it did have a bit of a, a saggy middle, but I don't think it was because it doubled back on itself. I think it just kind of hit a, yeah. a weird low point yeah. where it didn't have, it didn't want to move things too fast, mm-hmm. but it had already established so much that it could have moved faster. Yeah. I feel like this, the way that the story was written, it already didn't allow for a lot of character development mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you needed to know enough, but not a whole lot yeah. so that you could focus on just the detective and Helen. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that that's why they were mm. kind of left mm. out because mm-hmm. they were trying to do so much already with with just like yep. Helen's view on everything yeah, yeah, yeah. that it would have just drawn it out maybe too more um, too much to, to really do the support. Yeah, not everyone can be a main character, yeah. so yeah. they had to mm-hmm. give this f- the specific focus. Uh, to two or three people. Exactly. Yeah. I'm very curious where they go with more Knives Out movies after yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Johnson's contract uh, has two more hmm. on it. Three okay. and three and four. I mean, a, a big thing um, that I found on this one is that he was really keen on I can only investigate and gather clues mm-hmm. and then give it to the cops and they'll mm-hmm. they'll do the legal stuff. Right. Maybe they'll touch something on that and him becoming an official cop, like an yeah. official. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because he's going to be the only through line throughout all yeah. four films uh-huh. is, right. is Benoit, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really smart approach to making a film franchise. Mm-hmm. Instead of making four separate murder mystery films and yeah. risking the idea of being labeled repetitive, right. now he can say it's a film series. But <laughs> exactly. Then, but then he doesn't have to stick to any kind of... Um, themes like or a single family or yeah because i was a little worried when they started announcing sequels i was like how are you going to expand that first film there's mm. really no meaningful way you right. could bring this family back and still have it feel the same but then when he talked a little bit more and said that it was going to be just daniel craig returning mm-hmm. i had a little bit more faith in yeah. it and i think this proves his concept the second one that this is a, fr- a franchise that can keep going if he mm-hmm. just so chooses yeah, yeah. so the I'm going to do the last one uh, review that I have here. It's from denofgeek.com. They had a pretty positive review. Um, they go to say, Given the film's lengthier setup, Glass Onion is able to better sketch its suspects and players than Knives Out. However, it is that slightly indulgent streak by Johnson that makes his first mystery movie the more enticing. Whereas Knives Out taunts by making you think it revealed the killer in mm-hmm. the first act, mm-hmm. Glass Onion teases in a more restless way, waiting just as long for a body to hit the floor. Still, <laughs> each element contributes to the larger satire Johnson is building. Craig is once again so jovial that the actor's glee is infectious, and this time the character is himself a mystery, and not just because his accent seems to defy any actual cadence of the Deep South. Here's a detective who loves unmasking the murderers, and machinations of the elite, but who also is visibly loathes their company. So his eagerness to party with a billionaire and Glass Onion is initially surprising and compelling. Only after Glass Onion's thoroughly naughty and unpredictable tangles have been straightened does it then become clear that perhaps it is not the truth of foul deeds that Benoit seeks at all. Rather, he is the child picking out a house of cards, just eager to see what kind of mess he can make. Hmm. I like that the wording in that review is a lot more down to earth I the, agree. the <laughs> other guy you read just opened a thesaurus in the other tab while he was <laughs> while he was like writing it fancy movie editor right. probably movie, not movie editor well, movie Den, reviewer yeah Denny, den of geek is just like a generic mm-hmm. fan site or geek people. yeah yeah i mean yeah it was really cool the fact that at the in the middle you were like all right i get it i get it and then mm-hmm. five minutes after they were like i don't get it what's going on mm-hmm. yeah he brings up a good point too, or whoever wrote this brings up a good point too about the like what exactly is the detective interested in when yeah. falling yeah. onto a case. I mean, in general, I think all detectives are like, "Ooh, this sounds interesting. Like maybe I can solve something." Like, oh, this <laughs> sounds like mysterious. But yeah, I, I agree with the whole like see how much of like a mess he can make and how he usually mm-hmm. ends up being around elite people who have really dark secrets. <laughs> uh, I think he's just very excited about that, and that makes me interested in what I mean, sequels too. They did also. Like at least in this film, set up the concept that 
he was so he was driving himself crazy in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that he would have taken anything. He was. Playing it w- it wouldn't have mattered what the case was. <laughs> if it something. meant, yeah, if it meant he got out of the house and got yeah. to like stretch his skills again, he mm-hmm. would have taken it. Yeah. And I mean, in this universe, he is famous, and he is like the yeah. the most famous detective He's that the there Sherlock is. Of the, yeah, the universe. So yes, other read well other. People, other famous people that are rich and mm-hmm. also famous will also want to be with him yeah. and be like, you are so cool. Come help me do this really right. small thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think overall it, it was really well done. I will watch it again. It was just super fun. I remember we were wa- we started watching it at 9 and it became really late. And we're like, like we have to I can't mm-hmm. believe I have to finish. Right. I, I, I'm not going to finish this right now. Mm-hmm. But how many copying boards out of five would you give it, James? Uh, I'd say it was a solid, like, 3.5 out of 5 or so. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe almost to a 4. Any particular reasoning why? I just, I kind of agree with the, the, the reviews there that it had mm-hmm. a bit of a weird slow middle mm-hmm. <laughs> that had me going, okay, well, how much longer do we have in this? Like, <laughs> right. you've re- yeah, like yeah. it was one of those, like, you've revealed or you've almost revealed the killer mm-hmm. and there's an hour left. What are we going to do here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and... And then the, with the one-dimensional characters and everything, whereas I gave I gave the original Knives out. This was the the first one came out at around the time I was reviewing movies on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave the original Knives out a five out of five. Oh, nice. So um, I I feel like this one just had a few smaller detriments mm-hmm. that didn't ruin the overall enjoyment of the film, but were definitely weaker than its predecessor. Mm-hmm. I'll give it. Uh, 3.6 out of 5, just because I gave last time Avatar 4, and this is definitely not up there mm. with Avatar, mm. but it's really good. Yeah, so 3.6 seems kind of fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I would go with, like, around the same, like, 3.56, Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you Sebastian make a good just point. had to one-up me a little bit. Right, of course. yeah. You make a good point about other, other things that we've seen that were slightly more entertaining, but I still really enjoyed it. I would still really recommend it. Um, it's fun. It's a fun experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if we're gonna be critiquing little things in the film, don't come here for a, a, a true crime documentary. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. This is a lot of fun, twisty turns. This is a whodunit. Yeah, whodunit kind of thing. Yeah, almost kind of like Clue, but like yeah. not really. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here one more time with us. You can follow me at Sebas Alip on Instagram. And you can follow me at Kate Johnston at 622 as well. Where they, where can they follow you, James? Uh, a whole bunch of places. But what I'm currently pushing right now is my my podcast, which you can <laughs> go listen to after this one, uh, where we talk video games. Sebastian was on an episode a yep. couple of weeks ago. Um, so that is at Commuting Gamer Pod or anchor.fm slash Commuting Gamer Pod is where you can listen to it. And I'm sure I'll be back. I'm sure I'll be back oh, here for at sure, some yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. And you can follow our podcast on Instagram at Ancot the Podcast. You can follow our YouTube channel, uh, That Film Couple. Uh, and yeah, just don't follow me on the street. That's helpful <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here one more week, and we'll see you on the next one. And, and cut. cut. <laughs>